1: You are listening to The Door Report, presented by Alaco Hardwood Flooring. Here at The Door Report, our goal is to become the number one source for Vanderbilt sports news and entertainment. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Also head over to our YouTube channel and subscribe as well. Without further ado, here is a new episode. Alongside Will Byram, here's your host, Billy Derrick. Welcome back, in Commodore fans, to the Door Report. This is Episode Twenty Nine. It is Sunday, May thirty first. We are always sponsored by Alaco Hardwood Flooring. No matter what style you're going for, you can trust your flooring job to Alaco Hardwood Flooring. Take a walk through the woods in your home every day. Get your job started today by logging on to alacohardwoodflooring.com. dot or you can email Jimmy Alaco, the founder. That's Jimmy Alaco at Comcast They are right here in Nashville, Tennessee. You can also call them at 615-356-0303. Alaco Hardwood Flooring, perfect floors, whatever your style. Today, once again, I'm joined, as always, by Will Byron. We're settling in for our fourth podcast together. Will, I'd say we're starting to get the hang of it.
2: Yeah, figuring it out, figuring it out a little bit and, and hopefully keep getting better <laughs> on it. And <laughs> Hopefully, we'll have a little more to talk about uh, after this yeah. dead period of sports.
1: Yeah, we got a lot of baseball, so you're going to love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're also going to be joined by Joe Toy a little bit later. Uh, we had a little bit shorter conversation with him, but he's a guy that was arguably one of the more, uh, one of the most electric dunkers to ever play at Vanderbilt. Uh, he had some posters that are only rivaled by our guy Jeffrey Taylor. So, uh, you know, we, we had a great conversation with Joe. We'll get into that later. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, uh, like us on Facebook. Go subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. Starting to get that fired up. Podcast is available on Anchor, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. It's now time for the breaking news presented by the Recycling
2: Dudes. You may ask, who are the Recycling Dudes? Well, they're brothers, Graydon and Chapman, and their dad, Drew Smith, who is a Metro Nashville firefighter. Living in Westmead, the Recycling Dudes recognized the need for a service that would take glass to the recycling for busy homeowners who care about our environment. They pick up your glass, separate it, and take it to be recycled. They offer monthly service as well as one-time party pickup. They have a variety of service levels to fit every need and every budget, starting as low as $10 per month. All you have to do is sign up on their website at recyclingdudes.com.
1: All right, let's get right into it, Will. Uh, this is a podcast that uh, you know very well and, and a lot of our listeners know, uh, we hope so, that that provides Vanderbilt fans with news and entertainment and we don't plan on turning this podcast into any sort of political discussion, but obviously that's what's going on right now in the world. No one is really uh, heavily concerned with much else than, than what's going on in just about every big city. Uh, nonetheless, Coach Mason and, uh, and former Commodore players have joined the discussion uh, following the events in Minneapolis. We're going to go through here quickly some of the tweets that, uh, that Coach Mason and guys like Corey Blassingame and, uh, and even you know a guy like Caleb Peart, Um, You know, has talked about. Uh, Will, you're going to go ahead and uh, and check in here with with Coach Mason and Kari.
2: Yeah, so Coach Mason put out um, a tweet that said, and and I'll read directly from that, I'm truly saddened by the state of affairs that caused the death of George Floyd. I'm also aware of the growing tension in cities across the country regarding the issue. The video footage we continue to see is hard to turn off in your mind and has left me both angry and alarmed by what has become an all too familiar issue in our country. The video footage we continue to see is hard to turn off in your mind and has left me. Well, I'm, I'm reading it double now, but um, it's, <laughs> it's a thread. Um, and if you want to go see that full thread, um, it, it's pretty well thought out um, and, and something to definitely to definitely go look and, and just see what Coach Mason had to say. Um, a lot of what has happened and the issues that people have had with the NCAA athletic departments has been that they're stifling uh, players uh, from mm-hmm. speaking their minds regarding this issue. Um, like like uh, you mentioned, Billy, we, we're not trying to give you our opinions on it. We're just going to update you what, what the Vanderbilt releases have, because I know you don't come on this podcast to to hear our opinions on complex and nuanced political issues. So, no. um, the, a couple players did put out statements, and there were more, but these are just the first two that I that I uh, had seen. So Kari game former running back at Vanderbilt and current fullback for the Titans, tweeted out, fortunately, my coach for my whole career and my AD were very supportive of everything we did on campus and spoke about. And the boys are still in good hands. Uh, Caleb Peart, former defensive lineman said, outside linebacker said, reflecting on my five years for for playing for Coach Mason, I cannot think of a time where he discouraged his players from speaking out regarding social injustice. In fact, he encouraged it. Uh, So that's just a little a little taste of what some Commodore uh, current players, former players have said about uh, the Vanderbilt athletic department and and allowing them to speak out on social, social justice issues that that are close to their hearts.
1: Yeah. And we, you know, that's really all we need to say on it because like we said, this is a Vanderbilt podcast and, you know, we're here to to provide an escape, not, you know, we don't want to dive more deeper into this. So again, Vanderbilt is is a very special place and and will like you said, uh, you know, these players are lucky that you know now they do have that platform to be able to to speak their mind, and um, so yeah, give credit to to those few guys. There's many other players that have voiced their opinions, uh, but that's what's going on right now, you know, in the world. Uh, we're gonna move on to some brighter news, Will. Uh, it's actually a very good piece of news. David Price, uh, you know, one of the best Vanderbilt baseball players in, in their in their school history, will pay. out of his pocket during the month of June to each minor leaguer in the Dodgers system, according to multiple sources – Will, this is this is amazing. It's a really beautiful act by David. Uh, he, he's, you know, considering he hasn't even played a single game with the Dodgers yet. Uh, the b- the bigger question I think Will becomes is where are the owners? You know, shouldn't they be the ones that that are doing this and 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 you know providing the money, uh, you know, for these minor minor leaguers who, you know, this is their living. You know, a lot of them I'm sure help coach, um, you know, locally maybe, but a lot of people are out of jobs and minor leaguers are those are those. Um, you know, those that are suffering as well. The Dodgers did commit to paying a $400 uh, weekly stipend to each of their minor league players through June. Uh, that fell in line with most of their competitors across the major leagues. Uh, but again, this is this is about what David Price is all about. And, and he is about, um, you know, giving back to the people um, that he loves the most. And, you know, these are minor leaguers, but he gave that back to the Vanderbilt baseball program as well. You know, he realized what the owners were doing wasn't enough. And, uh, you know, quite frankly, Will, he decided to to really take matters into his own hands like a true Vandy boy would do.
2: Yeah, and, and I think the bigger story here is across Major League Baseball in general. This isn't directly related to Vanderbilt, but yeah. just a jumping off point. Uh, in 1994, Major League Baseball had to connect, cancel the remainder of their season. Uh, and that was due to negotiations around the proposed salary cap that owners had proposed. And, and subsequently, the players striked. Um, and they did have to cancel the remainder of that season. So, Ever since then, TV ratings have seen a decline. Uh, this has been, you know, in combination with the steroid scandal of the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's not the only factor. But they really do at this moment, with no other sports out there, uh, have have a chance to recapture the American public's attention, kind of rejuvenate their image. But the NHL has kind of beat them to the punch. Um, and it looks oh, like, yeah. based on statements by a lot of players, that, that this isn't going to be a quick resolution uh, to the contract situations where – it's only going to be an 82-game season. They're not going to receive the full amount of their salary. So some star players have even uh, made statements about possibly sitting out the whole season if they're not um, given their full contract. And I think that's just kind of a black eye on the mm-hmm. Major League Baseball as a whole who kind of can be seen as spoiled, for lack of a better term, when you have 40 million Americans out of a job and and they're yeah. upset about only making 8 to $10 million this year as opposed to their it's signed ridiculous. contract for 30. So at some point you have to, you have to realize that you're investing in yourself and your game as a whole and get back to play, get back to playing. And a lot of that, a lot of that, uh, money you're making is due to trust you built up with fans. So I, I, it'll be interesting to follow this as we see it move forward, but that's a little off subject of, of getting off of, uh, the great act that, that David Price did.
1: Yeah. And it, it is really sad what you mentioned about, you know, what's going on in baseball when the NHL beats you to the punch, you know, something's up, mm-hmm. you know, you know, there's mm-hmm. something a little bit deeper and David Price is the bright spot right now. Mm-hmm. You know, he's out, he's giving this out of his pocket. He He's still only 34 years old. He probably has, you know, up to five, maybe even six more years of, of playing major league baseball. And, you know, he is well-respected around the league as a guy that, you know, they're not surprised he did this. You know, he's earned approximately $175 million in salary uh, during his 11-year career uh, in the bigs. According to Baseball Reference, he signed a seven-year, $217 million contract with Boston back in 2015, as you know, um, after beginning his career in Tampa. So he's been everywhere. Um, You know, he he was traded to the Dodgers along with Mookie, Mookie Betts with two years remaining on his contract. And, Will, I think the main thing we want to talk about in this, obviously there's a lot going on in baseball right now, but I think a lot of people like to ask, what separates the Vandy boys from everyone else? You know, and, and Rhett Wiseman, yeah. <laughs> what a guy. You know, he came on and, and really, really sold us on Vanderbilt. Not that we needed to be sold, but, you know, this is, this is a program that is dedicated you know, in what David Price just did, those those types of things. And that's what separates Price from, from everyone else in the bigs. And this is exactly what they should look at when they ask that question, that Vandy boys question. And, you know this amazing gesture by one of the best players in Commodore history is exactly what they should point to this is what tim corbin is going to be telling recruits this is what you can do when you go to vanderbilt you know they learn about these type of things changing the world you know for the better because that that's that's the perks of vanderbilt university and you know 17 first round picks well that's 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 not bad for a for a program uh you know tim corbin and the vandy boys continue to separate themselves Uh, From the rest of the pack. And um, again, you know, wish there were more players like David, (laughs) uh, you know, quite frankly, right now uh, in the bigs doing that. But um, you know, again, he's, he's, we all know and love him as, as really the, I don't want to say Kickstarter to that program, but uh, Corbin will, will, will admit it. He, he's been a massive part of his program. Not, not only when he played there, but you know, giving back the program as well, moving on here to more baseball news. Will I know you love it. Love it. Uh, we got Robert Hassel, the uh, third, will he go pro or stay in Nashville with the Vanderbilt Vandy boys, <laughs> Vander boys. Uh, this is a, uh, you know, this is a really interesting question. Well, we had it last year. Uh, I know you remember with Ryan Weathers and um, you know, I'm going to touch on this a little bit later, but, you know, Hassel is Vanderbilt's top 2020 baseball commit and has a big decision to make in the coming weeks, uh, whether he signs a multi-million dollar contract with a pro team who drafts him coming up uh, later in June or comes to Nashville and plays for Coach Corbin. Uh, you know, well, he, he's one heck of a ball player. You know, we know that very well. He went to Independence High School, six-two, one ninety-five, 195, great size, you know, strong arm, hit 415, scored 96 runs, 22 home runs, 89 RBIs according to Perfect Game, and he also repeated as the Tennessee Gatorade Player of the Year. Will, I'm going to ask you straight up, do
2: you think he uh, – well, I guess what's the likelihood uh, he stays in Nashville? You know, like you said about Rhett Wiseman earlier, I think you really need to have him sit down and, and talk with Rhett Wiseman. Exactly. I, I,
1: I was going to play that bit.
2: Just send <laughs> yeah, we, that, we, should, know, DM yeah, we should get that in there and, and send that over to him because <laughs> I think Rhett said something on the lines of, you know you're 17, 18, and have these have these uh, organizations and representatives coming out and offering you th- this money, and you're 18 years old, yeah. and it, it just it seems too good to be true. Like how can you pass this up? Well, mm-hmm. just like I've mentioned on previous podcasts, and you keep referencing baseball, isn't exactly my favorite outside of Vanderbilt. <laughs> outside of things that, that that concern Vanderbilt, that's not really my cup of tea. Give but it your best. Show. Yeah, but just, just some numbers some data regarding MLB draft picks, because you think first-round pick, second-round pick, I mean, these guys mm-hmm. are going to be stars, but when you actually dig into the numbers, only 66% of first-round picks ever even suit up and play for an MLB team, and only mm. 49% of second-round picks ever do that. So you, they're going to come in and tell you you're going to be this next star, but you yeah. really need to keep in mind that that's not a guarantee. And maybe you're seeing more guys start to do it now. Coming to, col- coming to college, especially a premier program like Vanderbilt that provides resources to improve your game, might be the best. Might be the best step to kind of solidify mm-hmm. your skill set and, and move forward and give you a better mm-hmm. opportunity.
1: Yeah, I, I personally think he's going to go pro just because, kind of like what you were talking about, Will,
2: just because of the sheer
1: amount of dollars that are being that are going to be thrown at him. And just like Rhett said, at, at his age, it's really tough to turn that much money down. Um, you know, it's just Any age, money. Money, tough to turn, money, it's yeah, tough to turn money, that much money down. Money talks. Like at, at, that's 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 been known for you know ever since we even started making money. <laughs> like <laughs> we we saw it with Ryan Weathers, as I mentioned, it was kind of a foregone conclusion that he was going to sign with the Padres. And I think Hassel is the same type of situation here. I, I think he's just a guy that. That'll be in the bigs within the next couple of years, yes, you know, right. and, 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 you know, that's attractive when, when scouts are telling him that, uh, you know, they're not going to lie to him. You know, this is a guy that it, that is legit. Like he's probably one of the best, um, you know, one of the best high school players to ever come out of Tennessee. And like I said, with his talent, you could see him in the bigs within the next couple of years. And with, with Vanderbilt, will he's, he's a guy that obviously you want, but Tim Corbin's not going to be, you know, depressed if he doesn't get him.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, he's, he, it, it's a big difference as well when you're talking about, man, he's a high draft pick, drafted in the first three mm-hmm. rounds, we'll say second, third round pick. And and now you're seeing the projections. I don't know if you mentioned it, that that you're seeing him projected from mm-hmm. multiple sources of being a top 10, top 15. Yeah, pick. top 10. Yeah, so that that's a little bit different. That's a huge commitment um, from mm-hmm. an organization. So it, if he does... Um, when he does make that decision, that's going to weigh heavily into it, and yeah. I don't think anyone would blame him for making the decision to go pro. When oh, no. you're when you're talking a multi million dollar contract, top ten, top fifteen picks. so yeah, I, like we said about Weathers, I and and relating that to Hassel, I would be kind of surprised if we don't see him uh, go pro.
1: I agree, and I think it kind of goes back to your good buddy James Franklin going to Penn State. Will mm-hmm. like I, you just you can't turn it down. Yeah, like we, we couldn't blame him, but uh, you know James Franklin was a little bit deeper <laughs> than 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 Robert Hassel. But again, that that's those are those kind of similar situations where they're very similar, in that when a situation like this presents itself. It's hard to turn down. It's, it's that simple. And, uh, you know, that's where it's at for Robert though. You know, obviously Vanderbilt fans want to see him in the black and gold, uh, but we'll have to see. He, he should be making his decision within the next month or so because the draft is coming up. Um, I don't have an exact date on that, uh, but I, th- I, I don't – it's definitely in June. Uh, we'll get back to you guys on that. But, again, if you want more information on this decision, uh, Braden McPherson wrote a great article – it's a quick read with a ton of info about his decision. Uh, You know, we'll keep you updated on, on, uh, on, on his decision on the door com. So again, check that out. We'll, we'll have a lot of articles posted today again. Uh But well, we got the baseball out of the way uh, and, and, but now we're going to talk some basketball. We had some fun with Joe toy.
2: Yeah, he, he was great. Uh You know, his demeanor on the court was someone that, uh, you know, is a little more reserved and mm-hmm. he definitely was reserved in the podcast, but he, he still did have some great things to say, especially about, uh what it's like to wake up or get into the locker room after the game and yeah. after after being on sports center uh, number 1 uh, top play on the top 10 so that that was a really fun conversation
1: after an absolute abuse uh, <laughs> he just destroyed uh holman there we actually gave, gave we actually mentioned his name so uh no disrespect eric holman but you are on joe toy's poster so uh we'll, we'll talk about that uh here with joe toy coming up we all he also gives a shout out to uh the team out east Will he said some maybe the biggest part of what he said was was what he had to say about the Vols So, and that rivalry there in their game a couple of years ago. So, uh, do not forget uh, to tune into our interview with Joe Toy coming up right here on The Door Report. All right. Welcome back into The Door Report. Our guest now is Joe Toy, the former Vanderbilt shooting guard. He's a native of Chicago. He attended Whitney Young High School, where he averaged 18 points and seven rebounds as a senior. He spent his junior year at La Lumiere in La Porte, Indiana, the well-known basketball powerhouse here in the U.S. He was ranked as the sixth best player in Illinois and a four-star prospect by ESPN. He decided to sign with the Commodores in November of 2014 over offers from Auburn, Missouri, and Virginia Tech, among others. At Vanderbilt, tremendous career. He averaged six points, two rebounds in his four-year Commodore career, played in nearly 130 games. And his dunk that we all remember well against Mississippi State in 2018 was named the number one play on SportsCenter's top ten. Joe Toy, how you doing, my man? Doing well. Thanks for having me on. Yes, sir. When did you realize you could jump out of the gym like you were doing in high school and at Vanderbilt? (laughs) Uh, Well,
0: at a young age, I was involved in track and field, so I was always doing long jump, triple jump, Uh Um, high jump. So I've always been a jumper.
1: Okay, I got you. Now you grew up in Chicago. Um, were you a Bulls fan?
0: Oh uh, yeah, I, I love the Bulls. Um, obviously, the the mystique of the '90s Bulls was always lingering around. So, um, uh, I'm I'm definitely a big
1: Bulls fan. But I, I like a bunch of different teams around the NBA. Okay did you did you enjoy the last dance and and kind of how they portrayed uh, your guy Michael there? Yeah, it was great.
0: Uh, before the show, he was talking about how people were going
1: to hate him after, but I feel like people uh, like him even more now. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm a Michael guy. I respect him, but uh, I, I disagree. I kind of lost a little bit, uh, but but we'll, we can talk later about that. Uh, but you went, you went into the move uh, to La Lumiere. You know, obviously a well-known prep powerhouse after your sophomore year at Whitney Young. What went into that decision, and um, you know how, how how did you enjoy your time there at La Lumiere?
0: Uh, it was an interesting time. So my sister um, was also recruited to that basketball team um, in high school. So I, I basically just followed her. Um, it was also a very good program for men's basketball, too. So I decided I wanted to spend a year out there with my sister. And
1: then uh, for my senior year, I decided to come back. So you, you go he, back to Whitney Young and then, you know, Vanderbilt comes calling. Right. Uh, at Vanderbilt, you went from being coached by Coach Stallings her freshman year to Bryce Drew the next uh, few years. You just missed Coach Stackhouse. Um, what what was that transition like for you uh, here in Nashville and, and kind of for the rest of the guys going from Stallings to Coach Drew? Uh,
0: it was definitely a transition um, to different coaching styles. Uh, but they're, they're both very good coaches. Obviously, Coach Stallings coached at Vanderbilt for, I believe, 17 years. So uh, it was sad to see him go. But um, I, I think it was – it was a very interesting transition because they have uh, very different coaching styles.
2: No yeah. doubt. So we talked about that Mississippi state uh, dunk for you. So for all of us that'll never know that feeling, what does it feel like when you go home after the game and, and that highlight is blowing up all over Twitter, all over social media. And then, and then you see yourself in the number one spot on sports center, top 10. What's that, what's that feeling like? Man, it, it was, it was crazy. Um, after the game, I didn't,
0: I really didn't know how big the dunk was because, you know, when, you, when you're out there, it's just – you're trying to win the game. You're not really worried about that. Um, but we got in the locker room, and everybody's like, check your phone. <laughs> My phone, and I'm like on Sports Center, and the next day it goes number one. And Shaq closed me on his Instagram, so it was, it was awesome. crazy.
2: Yeah, is your, is your phone just – I mean, text from everybody? I know I, uh, I never – would have had the ability to make a dunk like that. But is it just blowing up with people texting you talking about it and 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 pretty awesome, I'd say?
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. People, people you haven't heard from for years, random DMs. It, it was it
2: was crazy. <laughs> so kind of going along those same lines. Um, what were some of the most, outside of that dunk, the most memorable games and, and individual moments of your career that stick out? Mm, uh, I, I'd definitely say the two tournament games i played in so the one uh, against
0: wichita state and then um the one against northwestern as well just playing in the tournament is a a blessing and a a, a crazy experience that not everybody gets to partake in so i I was i'd say that's those are top two and then the wins we had against florida at home Mm -hmm. uh, pretty much
1: throughout my career those were amazing Joe, it was probably a blessing for you to be able to play with a guy like Darius Garland for, for about five games as well. He, he's a guy that's from from close by Nashville, at Brentwood Academy. I actually got a chance to play play against him in high school. Um, for you as a player, what kind of a talent was he? And, and you know, during practice, the type of guy that, uh, you know, and, and, and how he represented the program. What was it like uh, playing there with, with Darius Garland? Now he's playing in the NBA starting point guard for the Cavs.
2: Yeah, it was awesome. I mean, he's such a dynamic
0: player, and uh, his personality really brought us together uh, at the beginning of the year. Um, As, uh, I mean, a lot of people forget, we we started off really strong when Darius uh, was on the team, and that just shows how how good he was.
1: No doubt. And I I ask this a lot to a lot of Vanderbilt uh, basketball personalities, and I've been in Memorial Gym thousands of times for games. Maybe not thousands, but hundreds (laughs) of times for games. And it's just – there's a different feel in a big game there, Joe. You know that. You played in the black and gold for four years. And for you as a player, what was the loudest you've ever heard in Memorial Gym? Might be hard to answer this, but is there a game that you kind of looked around like, damn, this place is loud? Uh,
0: I would say two games that really stick out to me. So when Ben Simmons came his freshman year, mm-hmm. it's LSU. It was really loud.
2: Yeah, I was actually there for that one. Mm-hmm. That was and a, that was a great environment.
0: Here, the, the, uh, the game when Tennessee was number one in the country and they came in. Oh, man. We, well, we kind of got screwed by the rest.
2: Of it. <laughs> I'll agree. I'll definitely agree with that.
1: Yeah. We we don't talk about that. Anymore.
2: <laughs> You're bringing up some real sore subjects right now. So but, you, yeah, we're we we talked about some of the loudest moments. So, Memorial Gym historically, has been one of the toughest places to play in the country. Number one teams come in. They don't leave number one. The, the environment has slipped a bit. How, how do we bring that Memorial Magic back, in your opinion?
0: Uh, well, I think the athletic department has done a great job in hiring Coach Stackhouse. I think he's, he's going to be great for the program um, in terms of what he brings. He's, he's a, a great coach that I, I believe is going to be good at recruiting. Um, and, and all the guys love him. So I really feel like he's, he's going to bring the, the magic back into Memorial. Um, I really do
2: believe that. Awesome. Yeah, so another another person that, that recently passed, unfortunately, that I know um, had a big impact on you as, as well as everyone within that, the Vanderbilt Athletics family. Uh, we know he was larger than life, but what effect did uh, former AD David Williams have, have on you um, and, and the rest of the athletes uh, throughout the programs. Yeah, he, he was a, a great influence
0: on uh, everybody in the athletic department. Um, even on my visit, he was part of the reason why we, my parents and I wanted me to come to, to Vanderbilt because, I mean, he was so involved. And uh, During the summer, he would just take an hour out of his day uh, to come and sit with all the athletes and just talk to us for an hour and I, I thought that was pretty awesome given I mean most athletic directors athletes don't really get to interact with so uh, just him being so accessible and you know if you ever had any problems or just wanted to talk and he, he would tell you a million different stories and he was always just accessible so that I, I thought that was super
1: awesome. Well, now uh, comes in Candace Lee, Joe, and, uh, you know, she's well-respected within Nashville and the Vanderbilt community. She's been there for 15 years, uh, 15 years plus. What are your thoughts on her coming in, in in a tough time right now, obviously, with coronavirus going on and, and, and the Vanderbilt program, like Will mentioned, needing kind of a boost? What, what, what do you think she can provide and, and maybe some new things that might be on the horizon under her?
0: I think it's an awesome hire. I mean, she, she was a Vanderbilt athlete herself, so she knows what it takes uh, to be good at Vanderbilt. Um, She was also there with David Williams on his side, pretty much all the decisions he made. Um, She was right there with him. So um, she, she's
1: got a bunch of experience and I think she's going to do a great job. I want to now ask you about kind of the in-state rivalry, obviously that we all know and love with the Tennessee Vols uh, in Knoxville and Joe, I just remember you kind of being the spokesperson for uh, for the program, your senior year, uh, you know, because a lot of the, the younger guys like Darius, you know, he was from from the Nashville area, so he probably knew a lot about it. Uh, but Simi Shitu and a lot of the younger guys as well just didn't really maybe maybe grab that, that opportunity and, and realize what it was. For you being there for four years, what does that rivalry mean to you? And, and does it still hold anything to you and, and kind of watching the team right now?
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's kind of funny because in high school my my high school colors were orange and
1: oh no, I just,
0: I just hate orange.
1: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Every time I would see them come on campus with all that orange, I, I just hated it. But um, no, it was a it was a great rivalry. Um, at the beginning of
0: my career, we pretty much dominated them. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, sir. Last last two years, not so much, but uh, in a couple years, we'll be back if not this year to beat them.
1: All right. So you're drinking the Stackhouse Kool-Aid too? Definitely. <laughs> All right, Joe, one more here to, before we close things out. Um, you know, what have you been up to right now? I know, you know, you're, you're still, um, you know, a big proponent to Vanderbilt Athletics, but tell the listeners what you got going on in, in, in your career right now. So I'm actually a financial advisor at Merrill Lynch now. Um, okay. decided to step away from basketball
0: and I'm, Moving on into the finance
2: industry. Okay, are okay. you are you located sorry, that that's right up my alley. I just graduated with my MBA in finance. So are you in, in the Nashville area or do you go back go back home?
0: I'm actually in Atlanta.
2: Oh wow. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, so I
0: actually live right around the corner from Damien.
2: Okay.
1: That's awesome. You've been able to been hang able out, to out with Damien? That's well, awesome. Not. You've been able to hang out with Big Dame? Oh yeah,
0: we, we spend a lot of time together.
1: That's awesome. Well, Joe, this has been awesome uh, to be able to look back at your career. We talked about the dunk. We talked about uh, you know the potential for Stackhouse, and uh, you know we we know you're drinking his Kool Aid. So are we. Uh, thanks again, Joe, for coming on, and uh, hopefully we can catch back up with you a little bit later. Of
0: course, man. Thanks for having
1: me on. Yes, sir. Thank you, Joe. That was Joe Toy, former explosive guard for for Vanderbilt, and and Will. He's a guy that. Um, you know you think of Joe Toy you got to think of
2: the Mississippi State dunk yeah yeah we brought that up he he had some some interesting thoughts I I had no idea about his high school colors being orange but uh, but I was glad to hear that he doesn't like that color any any longer after putting on the black and gold
1: <laughs> yeah we, we uh I, I love we don't talk about the, that Tennessee game no we uh and what I love though from him is his perspective of that game um because I think I know a lot of players that that would say yeah they beat us and they got us that night but we all know Vanderbilt got screwed yeah you you won't
2: hear a lot of players admit to that, even though they think it they'll they'll yeah, go with the on book answer and and not react to that, but us as fans know that that we got housed I mean we just absolutely. did and and, it, and it's great to hear him say that as well. Give us a little yeah, affirmation
1: it, yeah it it was nice it was it was very <laughs> nice to hear him say that, and uh you know he's a guy that uh played four years here, he understands a rivalry like you said, still hates orange so um you know but he he's on the Stackhouse bandwagon and that's good to hear too because a lot there's there's a lot of stack haters mm-hmm. out there Will well uh you know for whatever reason uh there's not a lot of confidence from outside of Nashville uh within the program or within the program there is but outside the program not a ton but you know Stackhouse is a guy he's competitive he's going to bring it back and uh you know Joe Toy said he's confident in the athletic department as well will that that does it here for episode 29 of The Door Report, you've been listening to episode 29 with myself, Billy Derek, Will Byrum, and our special guest today, Joe Toy. You've been listening to The Door Report, presented by Alaco Hardwood Florence.